0: Welcome to Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Claire Bradshaw, a life coach and a yoga and meditation teacher. Join me as I explore with my guests what it means to live a life of wholeness and connectedness. A life where all parts of ourselves, our body, mind and spirit come together into alignment. Where we're truly living into our own personal values and the fullest expression of who we are. So if you're a seeker, a feeler and someone wanting more from your precious life, then tune in every fortnight and let's grow together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Becoming Whole. This is episode number 48 with Claire. And in this week's episode, I am interviewing my beautiful friend, Christina Gagnier, who is originally from the US, um, but lives in Melbourne. And um, we have a wonderful chat all about dealing with stress Um, working with the body, embodiment practices, we touch into a little bit about trauma Um, so it's a really beautiful episode and I think it's a very pertinent episode for the times that we're living in particularly at the moment so Christina gives a lot of um, great tips and strategies to work with yourself at this time. But before I introduce you to Christina a little bit more, I wanted to let you know that I am launching a new program and it is called Held. And it is a four-week radical self-care program. Um, really designed um, to help you navigate these times so this is for someone who is maybe familiar with some yoga or has been practicing for a while it's a four-week program and um, it will include two yoga classes per week a yin class and a slow flow and it will be a mixture of the the practical application of self-care so through yoga asana pranayama, breathwork, and meditation, but we'll also be delving deeper, so working with specific tools for the mind and for the body, some journaling um, activities, and also there will be two group coaching calls with me. Because I am merging both yoga and coaching together into this program. and um, Because both of them together is almost like fireworks, you know, in terms of really um, what we can achieve, even in um, just a short period of four weeks. Um, and I think at this time, so many of us are um, maybe struggling a little bit with our self-care or we're not really sure what's going on in our lives and uh, so much has fallen away and um, it can leave us feeling a little bit ungrounded and disconnected both to ourselves and also to our purpose and the people all around of us um, and one of the most important things that we can really do and invest in is our own self-care and really looking after ourselves from the inside out um, and not only does this help to boost our immunity, but it helps us to better deal with um, whatever comes our way. Yeah, in these times, but also in general in our day to day lives. Um, and so we'll really be focusing on really building that inner strength, that inner resource within, and you'll walk away with a full toolkit. Um, or practices to help you um, to you know build that inner resilience um, going forward, and we'll have this beautiful container of like-minded women who are doing this work together to really nourish themselves from the inside out and take really good care of yourselves during this time. So, if this is of interest to you, or you know someone who would love to join this program, then do send the information. I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can um, check that out. You can also find information on my Instagram. So my handle is underscore Claire Bradshaw underscore, and I'll also pop some information up on my website. So we'll be starting and kicking that off um, in June, and it will be an absolute pleasure to hold the space for you as you journey through this program. Alright, so back to the, um, the podcast for today. So we're talking with Christina. So she's a yoga teacher and a movement facilitator. And she's been moving, dancing and practicing yoga for almost 20 years. Um, and she has facilitated experiences all over the world. Um, and as a yoga te- teacher, she's really studied with a variety of yogis from lineages such as Anasara and Embodied Flow. Um, And she really believes that movement can unlock opportunities for self-integration and therefore better connection to the external world. So we have a lot in common here. And she believes that the body holds the opportunity for awakening. And for her personally, the movement um, that she has worked with has really helped um, her recognize the shift patterns that had previously prevented her from having greater freedom in her life. Um, And then from that place, she really hopes to um, give people the tools to choose how they wish to shape their lives. And not only is Christina an incredible teacher and mentor to so many people, but she's also a really lovely person. And I'm sure you'll gather that from this interview. She really cares and she's deeply um, authentic and really shows up in her full vulnerability and so much love, so much care for others. So without further ado, let's go to the episode. Hey, Christina, it's so lovely to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Claire, for having me. I, um, I'm really excited and, and a little bit nervous to be on here today. <laughs>
0: And that is so okay. <laughs> um, I'm nervous too. Yeah. If that makes you feel any better, <laughs> um, wow.
1: thank so, you for sharing.
0: <laughs> um, sorry, I, you're one of my teachers, one of my yoga teachers, and I absolutely truly connect to the way in which you um, teach yoga and all of the offerings that you bring. I think they're deeply, deeply healing for myself and for so many people. And I think more than ever, they're really, really needed on the planet right now as we are all experiencing some huge shifts, both in our own individual lives and then collectively as well. Um, and I'd love to you know dive into um, you know how we can best work with you know any trauma that we're experiencing the stress of right now. but before we do, I'd love to hear about more in detail about your journey and how you know what what's what the the journey has been for you to get to where you are today. Um.
1: First, I, I just wanted to say thank you so much for for what you said earlier. That that is um, a very uh, generous compliment, and I really appreciate that. Um, but secondly, I um, I also want to say uh, too that you also really inspire me and. I'm just like so honored to get to share this room with you and this space with you at the moment and to really see how beautifully motivated you are to support people and to really make a difference in the world.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Christina. <laughs>
1: um, and so for me, my my journey began back in 2007 um, and I was living in Boston at the time and I I went through a really sort of, Upending life moment, um, and from it, like somehow someone was like, "Do you want to do this free yoga class?" And I was like, "I was like, yeah, that's like a cool thing. People are doing it right now." <laughs> and so, so I, I was like, "Well, I'll just see what the hype is about." So I went and um, I walked out of the class, and I remember just feeling like jello. And I was like, "This is awesome." Um, and so I decided that I would start doing it at that stage. Um, and then, a few years later, I moved to Egypt to study human rights law there at the American University in Cairo. Mm. Yeah, and so um I'm not sure if, you know, depending on people's age and what they were paying attention to back in two thousand and eleven but Um around that time, around like basically the the beginning of the year, um I had this like really big moment of kind of having like a little bit of I don't want to call it a breakdown or more just like a breakthrough of of just looking at my life and really realizing how much it didn't work Mm -hmm. and how much I was just on this loop of being busy to avoid these really big questions that were just sort of there. And at the time I was like um, having probably a bit too much fun <laughs> <laughs> and I I took a pause and and I said, you know, what's I'm trying to get curious about what was happening? And it really felt like a big Kali moment for me. And I realized how much I was avoiding my emotions, how much I was avoiding um, really listening to myself. And it was funny because the day that I felt like I was emerging from this sort of like cocoon of of being with myself was the day that the Arab Spring started. Mm -hmm. And so it was really funny because, well, not funny, but it was just interesting that, you know, there was that Kali moment for me of like the foundations of how I'd structured my false self. And then all of a sudden, like this huge revolution starting around me as well. Mm. Yeah. And so it was like the turning point for me starting to go in. And when I started doing yoga, almost like straight after that, um, or do my yoga teacher training straight after that. Like I still gravitated towards yoga that was more about doing. And you know, it was like, can I do a handstand? Can I do this arm balance? Like I get really hard and push myself really hard. And it was like that that sort of false self. Um you know of production that was like coming through in my yoga
0: Mm. and I was like if I can physical very physical and very kind of like trying to achieve yeah exactly
1: and and it was just me like pushing myself really hard to like to to prove to myself that I was a good person Mm. um, and that I was worthy and so so after um, as I doing that, I remember having this moment of being like, "What I'm doing feels empty." Yeah, and yeah, and it was just like this sort of nagging question in my heart that was like, "Is is this actually healing?" And so it was around the same time that I moved um, from Singapore to Melbourne that I did Tara Judell's embodied flow class in in Australia. Mm. And I was like, I'm not a very good sleeper. And after doing her workshop, I slept for eight hours. And I was like, what is this voodoo? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I signed up for the 300 hour. And you know, I remember it was funny because there was like those moments right before and where I was like, you know, chanting is for people in cults and it's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'll never be one of those yogis. Yeah. And then like, you know, three months later, I'm like, all right, I'm joining a chanting circle. <laughs> it's so funny. yeah. Yeah. And And it just, it really changed me very essentially at my core because I felt like it brought through, um, a lot of like the critical theory that I studied in law school, um, these questions of what it meant to be human and how, you know, how does our practice of yoga support that humanness and also like psychology and tantric philosophy, and all of these things that kind of came together to be like this complete package for, for what my heart had been longing for. Um, and so that sort of led me down the path to, I think where I am now, which is, you know, an embodied flow teacher and, um, an embodied flow somatic movement therapist. Mm,
0: beautiful. Beautiful. So I want to break out, um, some of those, um, kind of key moments. So were you, yeah. when you were over in Egypt, were you working in law then? Um, so I was
1: working, um, a woman's nonprofit mm. and I owned my own bartending business,
0: which was like,
1: <laughs> yeah, that was like, it was super random. Um, and on top of that, I was like in law school at the same time, so I was sort of like, I mean, I was only getting like twenty hours of sleep a week. It was intense. Wow. Um, yeah, I would be like writing like anyone who's gone to graduate school might relate to this, but <laughs> I was like writing papers, crying at the same time, being like, "I'm so stressed out." <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so yeah. it was a combination of all of that and the fact that there was something inside of you that was kind of calling to be heard. And Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so then when you did the class with um, Tara and you just kind of had that realization of like, wow, this this is, mm, th- well, one, I'm getting really good night's sleep, but also, you <laughs> feel like, a sense of like, I have to study this because there's something that really sings to my soul or my heart, you know, something that fills that, that void that was there.
1: Yeah. Well, she taught a class on yielding, Mm -hmm. um, which is how to relationship with our bodies, with space, with earth, with each other, with emotions, like it has so many applications. Um, but I think that sort of like deep settling was something that spoke to me even if my mind couldn't quite grasp it. Yeah. And in yeah, and embody mind centering, um which is one of the dins that embodied flow is based off of. Um the the woman who started it, this woman named Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen, she says that, you know, the mind is the last to know. Mm. Um, it's usually the rest of the systems of our body that are doing so much to process information. Um, and our mind is really the last to know. <laughs> mm. um, so I feel like my my body and my, my bigger wisdom really knew what I needed to um, step into this embodiment field um but if you had told my mind I would have been like yeah
0: yeah yeah that makes perfect sense so you were really you were you were following a call you're following an inner call of something within you that was calling what it wasn't a mind decision.
1: Yeah it it felt like um yeah it was just more of a heart decision. Mm. Yeah for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah beautiful. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about, I suppose, you know, the situation that we're in at the moment. So much has changed, you know, a really short period of time. I mean, what, like in just over a week, it almost feels like everything's been flipped up on its head. Um, (laughs) And the world as we knew it now is starting to look like a completely different world. And I know for myself, it's felt a bit like the earth just disappeared for a while like as in from underneath yeah. it is like, it, it just went. And I was talking to a friend yesterday and, um, I was describing how at the start of this week or like the end of last week and the start of this week, I feel like, um, I've been inside a snow globe and the snow globe mm. was being shaken up. And I was just like one of the pieces of the snow in that globe, just kind of floating around going, ah, where is up and where is down. Um, yeah. I feel like things have settled a little bit within me, but I know that for a lot of people, um, this time can be pretty um, scary. There's a lot of emotions that are arising, and you know the the life and the plans that maybe we've we've had are starting to crumble. Like some things are starting to drop away, and that can be a really scary place. And um, so, I really would love to talk to you about, um, you know what, um, what you're doing to best support yourself and, um, with your knowledge of both, you know, stress, trauma and, um, and embodiment, how best people can support themselves during this time as well.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Claire. I, I, um, first want to take a moment to recognize that I totally understand what you're saying. Um, um, it's hard, I think, that we're all going through this together culturally of that, all of the assumptions we made for what life would look like in Mm -hmm. six months down the line are just, who knows, like, if they're true or not anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think, in in my opinion, or how I perceive it, and, and, and I think one of the things I want to say before I, I go into that is that part of this process is also I think how each person makes meaning of this for themselves. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a really important part of what, what we all go through now and at this point in our collective history. Um, But, you know, I think for me, this has been like a really big, um, it's been a really big ego death (laughs) Um, and a big, Sort of letting go of just all of the things I thought were going to to happen. Mm-hmm. But in that, it's been a really beautiful it's been a a beautiful process because I feel like in a lot of ways, I've been training for this my whole life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, so I- yeah. So I think the things that are have been really useful to like support me in this this process of making meaning, as far as this sort of the you know as the Buddhists would say, um, the meta practices or the self compassion practices. Mm. So, you know, one of the things I've always struggled with has been a sense of trying to control my experience, and often um the part of me that really needs uh to feel safe can try to control my emotions as they come up mm-hmm. which is like you know it's a perfectly fine thing to do and um but one of the things that i have learned over the past few years has been that most of the things that come up most emotions experiences and expressions have like a really good reason for being there.
0: Mm.
1: And so I think treating everything with a deeper sense of um, curiosity um, and just treating it as though it belongs can be super useful for, for creating a little bit more space around it. Yeah. Um, so for example, one of the things, I don't know if you, I feel, oh, you've met my friend Lisa, I'm sure. Um, one of the things that she taught me was this really beautiful practice from Tara Brock. And it's really helped me to widen my capacity to be with my emotions. Um, and I'm just going to share it with you really quick if that's.
0: Yeah, please. Okay.
1: Um, and so so basically it's just taking one hand to the heart and one hand to the belly. And when I have like uncomfortable emotion guys or uncomfortable thoughts or hmm, things that that feel a little bit more difficult to be with like as I just hold the the heart and the belly. It's just acknowledging that this belongs. And it doesn't have to be like, I love you, because that might not be true. But just holding it kind of the same way um, a mother might hold a struggling child. Just saying this belongs. You know, it's it's often the the space that we create around things that allows us to have movement. You know, and my my teacher Myra Avedon, and she always says that support precedes movement. And so the meta practices, I think, are or self-compassion practices are a big cornerstone of how we meet ourselves and how we um, really stay present to what's arising. Um, You know, it's that sense of, of deep sort of positive Mm. self-regard. Yeah. Which is not like something I think very common for, for people to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think what's beautiful about we're not avoiding, we're not pushing away, we're not resisting, we're not making bad how we're feeling. Yeah. We're accepting. Yeah, totally. We're accepting and being with um and allowing. And mm. I think that it feels like this is a part of the human experience that we've kind of we've lost um, an yeah. acceptance or an ability to be with. Um, and there's so many things in our lives that we can use these days to avoid. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, it's, yeah watching Netflix or, or <laughs> drinking, drinking alcohol or partying or whatever. And none of those things are bad in and of themselves. But if we're using them to avoid, then we're just essentially pushing the stuff inside of ourselves. And yeah. at this time when we are going slower and there may be a bit more space in our schedules or we can't go outside and party with our friends, then some of those things can come to the surface. And I think that that's a beautiful practice that you've just offered, whereby people can, can start to just sit with, you know, whatever is arising and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing that needs to be fixed.
1: And the thing I also believe is that the more we widen our capacity to meet ourselves, I also think the more we create that as a pathway and how there's in the world too.
0: Mm.
1: And what would the world be like if we all had this, you know, sense of compassion as we meet each other? Mm. Because my belief is that what really um makes like things sticky is shame
0: yeah
1: you know and shame really keeps us i think stuck cycling and circling through um these patterns that aren't that useful so the i think compassion can be a really great way of of you know Going uh, to to create a bigger space around that we can really touch into what's what's deeply there for all of us.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, and the to sit with, there can be some discomfort. Yeah.
1: Oh, for sure. Mm. Um, you know, and and that's why, like, it's not. You know, sometimes it it can be more useful to start creating that that sort of space around the the issue, um, or not the issue, but just around the like adaptive behaviors, um, or the parts that are sort of stuck in pain or trauma, or um, however we we choose to label that. But um, you know, and so it might just be like starting with easy things, like starting with, you know, like, oh, I forgot to buy milk at the store. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, like for some people, like especially um, as a recovering perfectionist, like there are spirals moments, you know, and, and when I can just sit with that and be like, that's okay. This this belongs Mm. and you know it it's it helps practice it in the the like less intense moments so that when in the more intense moments um we can really start to uh have the meta to be with to be with something
0: Mm.
1: and the the other thing too um that can be really useful is is what i would call resourcing Mm -hmm. um And this is something, you know, like for example, when I'm doing craniosacral work, um, if we go straight into the fulcrum of a pattern, which is like the center of a pattern, um, like really focusing on it and just being with that pattern can actually cause it to get bigger but not move. Mm. So, what I would look for in a person's body would be where do I see that there's a sense of health connection and clarity. Mm -hmm. And I might be with that pattern, but be anchored into the spaces where there's health Mm -hmm. and we can sort of do that in our lives as well, which especially now can be really confusing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, um, it's like, what do we anchor into? Um, but you know, it can it can be things like, you know, my cat, um for example, I mean, I'll admit she's a bit of a jerk, but <laughs> um, but you know, like, like there's moments when she's she comes up to me and she's really, like sweet, and I can really feel her her heart in the relationship and I can sit there and absorb that and really allow that to be almost like a food for my energy body and my, you know, as a resource for me. Mm. Um yeah, and you know, it could be also like that sits outside of my window or you know, the way that I get to enjoy um, like a fresh set of blueberries that my partner brought home or, you know, the moment of getting to take a step outside and breathe in some fresh air. Mm. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So some things that are familiar, but are things that are quite simple things but really um being present with them
1: yes and that's you, you touch on a really important point that like we we often experience a lot of really amazing special moments every day um but when we don't actually notice and absorb them mm. they don't really serve as a resource for us Um, so it can, if, if we really sit with the experience and like, like drink it in, like we would drink water or eat food or just really let it absorb at a cellular level, that's when it becomes really supportive for our systems.
0: Mm, Yeah, I I completely feel into that because my life really started to change when I slowed down and started to bring a lot more mindfulness into my life and actually got really, really into my senses and, and, you know, and something that I still do today and um, my husband and I will go for a run and then we will, spend a whole heap of time looking at the trees um, like mm. looking at the leaves <laughs> you know touching yeah. the bark looking at the textures the colors like really like the details of what's happening in nature and when you do that over a period of time you start to notice the intricacies of how everything is constantly in flux and change and a real yeah. appreciation for for nature um yeah Which before then, I would hardly even notice the trees. Um, And what that enabled me to do was feel um, reverence for self and for the natural world, but also a sense Mm. of health within.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Um, And nature is... Such a wonderful resource. Um, and, you know, it can be useful right now to just mm-hmm. think of like what allows you to feel supported. Um, and so I would, deaf courage listeners, um, you know, after this, after the podcast is done, just to write down like five things in your life that let you feel supported and just. Pee with that sense or feeling of being supported, mm. because it's kind of like you know how some days you you can walk outside and you know someone will drive by and and, and as things do do in Melbourne, it'll <laughs> be wet and like they splash you with water. And on some days it's like you can handle that, and then on other days it's like I, you know, he, just a little bit of of a meltdown happens. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, obviously not you guys, but other people. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um. So, like, resources are these incredible things that allow our system to digest and process like more difficult things, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. For sure. And um, and so in this time, so when, you know, it feels like we may feel like unsupported because mm. if we've been in a job that we thought was the job we're going to be in for a long time or we thought we had control over whether we were in that yeah. job or not. And then suddenly we're told, actually, we don't need you anymore or we're cutting your hours down. And there can be this feeling of a lack of support. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, uh, fi- and that has an impact on the financial side and that affects, you know, our, our lower chakra. <laughs> and um, yeah. And so this idea of resourcing is, is a way in which we can best support ourselves when we feel like the support has left us externally. Is that correct? yeah or
1: it just widens our capacity to meet what's there because it's not um I don't think it it necessarily help us to not like I think the one thing i i would say between the two is that like it's more like that supports the resilience to be with, yeah the experience of losing your job Mm. because it it will some creativity some um (laughs) long hours on the phone it sounds like right now and um you know it will take a lot of things to to meet that experience because obviously we have to find ways to to and to Mm. live in an apartment yeah but it's more that the resources give us the capacity to do that so Mm. so that we can really be with a sense of like what do we do now yeah you know how do we want to meet this um because I think like you know that's that at the end of the day, is really the big question for me is like, who do I want to be as all of this is happening? Mm,
0: yeah, yeah, it's a really big question for sure. Because as we
1: meet this like um, dissolving, mm. you know, this sort of big Kali moment, it's like, as all of the structures get pulled away from us, the one choice that we have is the dignity to choose who we want to show up as in these moments.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you also mentioned as well, you know, what's the meaning that we attach to these things as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and for each person, it's going to be super unique and different. Some people will find that meaning through spirituality. Others will find it through what happens in the next six months to a year like you know it's going to be super different for each person but i think meaning is important because it allows us to rewrite the narrative
0: mm.
1: of our stories
0: yeah yeah um in, in the meaning in a way that's helpful yeah 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 totally We so can attach meaning to things that's not helpful
1: Oh, totally. And you know, this is like this is like the in from mythology, um, like the hero's journey. Mm. And so how do we how do we write something in our story of how who we want to be and what we discover and learn through
0: this? Yeah, which is that curiosity piece, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and also just like if everything has a good reason for being here, well why is it here?
0: Mm.
1: And and how do we really listen? Because I've can say that like after even years doing this work, that like it's hard to listen. Mm. Like it's hard for me, especially to listen to like I'll openly admit my political views here, but it's really hard for me to listen sometimes to people who are Trump supporters Mm. and to understand their perspective. Mm. Um, And so, you know, the curiosity piece helps me to really be with their experience and to really like, um, to really listen to them.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because there's, in my opinion there's been enough division and there's been enough making um people wrong or bad mm-hmm. um and i i'm i'm curious about how we can all reach towards more of a collective healing and coming coming together mm-hmm. um and i know that's that's not for everyone um but that is something that i am i'm curious in specifically um so I do try to let myself be a bit more open <laughs> to
0: things that are triggering for me <laughs> at the moment. For sure. And that, that piece of, you know, that openness and to listen to another without trying to jump in and give your opinion, but just to allow that space to occur and to be curious. Um do you find and um I'm going to kind of um give you a quick example in my own life and it' yeah, be sure. interesting to hear your opinion um on this, but what I've found is that the more I've allowed myself to sit and to feel and to be with and and to notice my own judgments of self um of criticalness to self the inner critic and just allow myself to hear it but with this space with with a compassion like not being in it and not allowing the critic to take over and to be sitting listening to all of this stuff and make it mean something about me and who I am but to allow it to just be heard but from a place of yeah this curiosity in the space that as I've done that I'd be much better able to be with other people and not, not be as judgmental to them. But it's because I've met my own judgments in self before that I wasn't able to do it.
1: A hundred percent. I would say that speaks to my experience as well. Mm. Um like thing i I have been playing around with a lot lately is noticing the energetic projection of my experiences as they arise. And I have found that I often push my emotions out onto other people. like there's a there's a sort of physical felt sense uh, that comes with that. Mm. And so, um. I've been trying a bit more to feel it within the container of my own body and skin and, and really notice what it means for me and for my process. (laughs) Mm. Um, And, and in doing that, like I feel like I can hear people's stuff a lot more without making them wrong or bad.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and also not um, and I'd love to hear if, if um, how you feel on this, but I've found that with creating that space for my emotions to be felt and not reacted to within myself, then when I'm with another who's experiencing some strong emotions that I, I don't need to fix, I don't need oh. to give a solution. I can be comfortable with them experiencing their emotion and hold that space for them, which I couldn't do before I'd done the work myself.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, I think absolutely because often what we're, I think what people do when they give advice is, is give that they would want to give themselves. (laughs) So we're often not talking to a person's experience. We're talking to our own experience. And I think when, at least when I have been able to trust my own process, being with my emotions, like seeing someone else in their process isn't so um, scary. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's not, triggering something that needs to be seen or met in me it's just more you know i think that it can be that anchoring into the trust of person um that they know what's best for them because most of the time people do (laughs) you know
0: yeah yeah it was super empowering we give them their power back Yeah. yeah yeah Oh, amazing. And um, I have another question because time is running out. We could talk forever. Oh, we bummer. Really talk yes. forever. Um but uh you talk a bit about um dissociating in your classes. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and I feel like this is an important thing to touch on um in this yeah. podcast episode because I think that this there can be a tendency to do that, particularly mm. now. So could you talk a little yeah. bit about what it is and how people can kind of be aware of if they're doing it and how they can, maybe a practice or something they can do to bring themselves back into body?
1: Yes. So so dissociation happens when our bodies have this window of tolerance, right? So where we can be present with what's here. And if we go too high, we go into hyperarousal, which is anxiety. Um, And then when our system stays really high in that hyperarousal, then we kind of crash into hypoarousal, which is depression and dissociation. Mm. So it's actually a pretty useful tool at times because it's it's a bit like, you know, we get to take a vacation. Um, in the words of my teacher Scott Lyons, uh, we get to take a vacation from what's happening, and it can be a really useful tool, especially when we don't have um, the capacity or the resources to be present with what's arising. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I do think that um, I just want to take that moment to recognize it, but if we're we are going into this practice and we do want to have more choice how and when it happens one of the things that can be really useful is a mobilization of energy often it's when we experience stress or difficult things uh, there's a physiological response that happens in the body there's a hormonal response there's um a desire of energy to be moved because that's what what stress is essentially is is a response to a stimulus and so in order to move the energy out of the body we have to do to do something usually active um you know and if you've ever read peter Levine's uh book he talks about like um someone wanting to like run mm-hmm. in his session and so that sort of you know that can be like a mobilization of energy. Um one of that was actually the last thing that I was going to offer people um today was was to do that and I'll I'll admit that one of the things I've been doing a bit of every day has been um a bit more of that sort of like you know contained in my body but physical mobilization of energy that um Scott recently taught us at his somatic stress release training. And, um, you know, kind of like, it's going to sound ridiculous, but like punching a bolster, jumping up and down, like doing pretty intense physical, um, movement until it feels like that energy has moved through the body. And then also taking time to let the body, my body deactivate and come back into homeostasis. Mm. Um, because that can help to widen the capacity to meditate, to be present, to be, um, to be here with what's here. Um, because especially in moments now where there is a lot happening in the world around us, Mm. like we will really need to mobilize energy, um, to get to what's beneath that. If that makes sense, mm.
0: so so doing something like um, when you feel the stress and it's kind of uh overwhelming, you're saying we need to kind of like uh move the body, shake it out, or 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 punch a bolster or something like that, or <laughs> you know, like yeah. you really get it out of the body because otherwise it will get stuck in the body,
1: yeah. So have you ever seen a four year old before like have a, t- a bit of a temper tantrum? Yeah, yeah. So they're mobilizing stress, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> And that's not to say that like all adults should have, you know that expression like in the grocery store or you know, um, you, you know we can you know that'd be really funny it's something that like we can shelf and come back to later. Like we can come mm-hmm. home, we can, you know, take a moment to be like, okay, what do I need to like move this energy? And, um, yeah, doing something to like feel it and you'll, in in, in my experience, you'll feel it. It's like a, it's like a push or, or a wave or something that moves from the body out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, just, it's a little different to catharsis. So like catharsis is more like, you know, you're imagining the bolster as your boss or, mm-hmm. your, um, you know, like your, your partner who is also your coworker and just ate the last cookie. Like, you know, yeah. not, you, you know, um, so not as much about that, but more focused on actually like moving the energy through and out of the body.
0: Mm, Okay. Does that make sense, the difference? Yeah. So it's not like taking your frustration out onto the object.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: It's it's not, you know, projecting your pissed offness at your boss onto the bolster. It's more just saying there's some energy and I want to flow it through.
1: Right. So catharsis is more focused on the stimulus that Caused the frustration
0: mm-hmm.
1: and mobilization is more about the internal process yeah. of the movement
0: yeah yeah different intention
1: yep totally
0: yeah yeah amazing 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 because what we're going through right now is like you know, many of us experience different things happening in our lives on an individual basis and, you know, at different times in our lives. I think, you know, I think everyone experienced some hardship in some way in their lifetimes, maybe multiple yeah. times. Yeah, like it's part of what's, what it is to be human. But I think what's different about this time is, particularly in our lifetimes, we've never experienced anything on this scale um, mm, where Yeah where we're all experiencing stuff at the same time, different levels, different, you know, different representations, but still big stuff. Um, And that can feel really, really heavy because um, it can feel almost overwhelming. Um, Or this is my experience anyway. Um, But also there, I found there is almost some comfort in it in a weird way in the fact that there is a oneness to it. And I think that this virus, what's interesting is that it affects everyone, like globally. Mm. doesn't matter, yeah. how, you know, which country you're from or anything, you know, it just shows more than ever that we are all one, we are all connected because this virus yeah. affects everyone, which in, in many ways is a beautiful message to be reminded of. Um, and and that we are all experiencing something right now and that, um, yeah, there is some sort of comfort in collective suffering in a way. I'm not alone in these feelings.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you're definitely not alone. Um, yeah. And I think my hope, at least, is that you know, we look at these moments and say to ourselves, who do we want to be? Mm. How, how do we leave our legacy behind? Yeah. Like how will future generations remember those people? And my hope is that this is an opportunity for us to connect over that shared humanity, mm. I don't know if that will happen or not, um, but I do hope that these are moments that we can let ourselves be like broken open, mm. um, because you know when we accept and be with um, the the grief and the process of grief, like what emerges from that. Mm. You know, for, for me at least, like this was a moment of being like, you know, if I am living for you know, the this work, this career, this thing that, you know, was a hundred percent taken away and like ten minutes flat. Um, well, like two weeks, ten minutes, who knows? It's it's 2020. Um but when all of that is sort of stripped away, like what do I want to live for? And to Mm. me, like the answer was very simple. Well, it was love connection and being alive. Mm. And, you know, it's not like we get that gift to really know what we want to live for very often.
0: Yeah. So true. It's only in these moments when it's all falling away that we actually get to the, the, the truth or the, the inner wisdom that can come forth.
1: Yeah. And cause I won't regret, like, you know, I won't regret working, not working 60 hours a week, but I will regret, you know, should I lose family or friends or something like that, that I didn't get to be with them more. Yeah. So for sure. And, you know, and sorry to be so morbid, but it's just, you know, that was a a thing that was really in my heart lately. So,
0: yeah, no, I, I, I completely um, agree. What's, what's helped me through when I was going through some, you know, darker times and sitting with a lot of stuff that was arising um I did ask a similar question okay claire who I asked the same question, who do I want to be when I come to the the last day on my you know on earth you know when I reflect back on my life, you know how do what will I be proud of? you know they say that um, when um you know when when an obituary is is read, do they talk about oh yeah, they had three cars and a massive house and you know, <laughs> like they 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 made, millions of dollars in their job no they talk about the human characteristics how they loved how they Mm. you know helped others you know their their personality you know all of those things they're the things that really truly matter and and we're giving this beautiful opportunity to connect back in with that
1: yeah
0: oh yeah Thank you so much, my beautiful um, friend. Thank you for coming onto this podcast and sharing all of your lovely wisdom. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm sure that um, the people listening have got so much from it. Um, Obviously, interesting times with um, yoga and coming to see you in a class, um, in a studio. But tell me, where can people find you? Which is the best way to connect with you? Um, so I have a a website that
1: I now have the space and time to, um, work on. (laughs) Yay. Um, so I'm going to be posting some of my offerings on there, um, which is www.theembodiednomad.com. Um, and also I'm, will be offering some free tools on Instagram and on my Facebook. Um, so Christina gagne on facebook um or christina gagne underscore embodied nomad instagram. so feel free to connect with me in any of those places. and also, um, I just wanted to say, Claire, thank you so much for having her and for all of what you do for the community and how you inspire people it's it's um it's an honor to to be here and to get to call you a friend. So oh, thank you.
0: Thank you so much my lovely. I really um I fully received that. So thank you. Um I will put all of those links for your various websites and things like that onto the show notes so that people can connect in with you. And um, yeah, thank you again. And um, I can't wait to give you a big hug in person again.
1: How does <laughs> <What laughs> that gonna feel?
0: <laughs>
1: I know. Until then, we'll just have to like have virtual hugs. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: what a great episode! Hey. So since I recorded this episode, which was a number of weeks ago, the brilliant Christina has pivoted and has created an incredible program called Growing with the Goddesses, which is an eight week journey into shamanism, ritual, goddesses and connecting to purpose. This course will explore how we fully embody ourselves and come into our power in the ritual space so that we are able to step out into the world with that same clarity. So if that is of interest to you, I would really, really recommend it. Christina is brilliant. You learn so much from her. So all of the details are on her website. And I'll again put that um, link into the show notes so that you can um, have a look at that. And do follow her on Instagram and um, because she will be posting more incredible insights on there as well. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And I do hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some new insights. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do share it with friends you think may benefit from the message. And if you'd like to rate the show and give it a review on iTunes, not only would I be so happy, but this will also help increase the show's visibility so that more people can benefit from the messages. I would love to connect with you so you can find me on Instagram. My handle is underscore Claire with an I and an E, Bradshaw underscore. I so totally can't wait to connect with you soon. Have a beautiful day.